From the studios of Teeing It Up in the Swamps of Jersey, this is Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling for Thursday, June 1st, 2017, the night of Game 1 of the NBA Finals. We welcome in... <laughs> well, that was my first question to you, Corey. Uh, from Golf Digest, their social media editor, Mr. Corey Bradburn. Uh, hello, sir. Well, Jeremy, good to be back on the show. Sorry for the interruption there, but no, a little Ohio bias in me. So. You're, uh, you're from outside Columbus, correct? Correct, yeah. I grew up in, in a suburb of Columbus. Yeah, so, so obviously uh, I would assume a bunch of the Ohio sports teams, including the Cavs, the Indians, and the Browns, are probably your sports teams, right? Um, sort of. I, I Because I was in Columbus, I definitely ad adopted the, uh, you know, the, uh, you could call it a culture of Ohio State right, football, right? right. So um, NFL teams, I never really had a, a super strong bias until uh, my grandpa, who grew up in Wisconsin, brought me a Packers jersey down from uh, from from up in La Crosse, Wisconsin. So uh, Brett Favre, number four on that green jersey, kind of had my heart from from the early days. So mm. for, I guess fortunately, I, I wasn't born into a Browns fan family, so, uh, but yeah, definitely pulling for the Cavs in the NBA Finals again, hope, hoping LeBron can beat, beat those guys, so. And, and I think with a lot of people from from this area in Central Jersey, you know, slash the whole New York market where college sports have never, are, are not a thing, you and Ohio State are basically having a professional sports team, especially Football. I mean, that is essentially having an NFL team. Yeah, it's it's you know it's like us and Bama and you know a few of the other big yeah. schools are like dra draft you right. So, yeah. Um, you know, it's it's fun to watch and it's fun to always kind of be in the mix of the college football playoff scene. Um, and you know, so that that keeps the the entertainment up for for the for football and other sports. I don't have to. You know, cringe over watching the Browns or the Bengals all year long. Yeah, exactly. All right, so uh, you're here because you have a new thing, and I don't like to promote um, um, other people's things where they can speak for themselves on it. So, uh, uh, um, so instead of me introducing it, uh, how about you introduce it? <laughs> well, thanks, and I certainly didn't uh, don't want this to be uh, you know overly promotional. No, it's thing, okay. But, Just. Uh, <laughs> No, it's I, a good discussion so, point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, two of my biggest passions, as you know, I've been on and I've, I've talked to you about, you know, fitness in golf and like simple fitness tips for people during the holidays when it's when it's cold and, and you know, fitness, health, wellness uh, in general. I, I know it's a, it's a catch-all term that I, I don't necessarily love the phrase, but it, it is it is good on a broad, broad stroke uh, situation. Wellness and, and golf are, are my two biggest passions in life um and i really wanted a way to be able to to weave the fabrics of the two together for people who might have been overwhelmed by the intensity of golf specific fitness that you see with you know the great guys at tpi and like you know they're showing videos of all these like you know the long drive guys and the pga tour pros that are doing these super regimented programs that might not be so approachable for somebody who who loves to play golf but isn't necessarily aspiring to be a competitive golfer uh, at that level. And then also to bring people who are already interested in wellness and introduce golf to them as an actual activity versus what the stereotype might be of this, you know, all-day, ongoing, long, boring thing where you sit in a cart and don't really move around too much. So I really wanted to 
to merge those two worlds a little bit. And, um, yeah, so I've just started releasing a weekly newsletter. Um, I can give you, I, I don't know if you have any notes for this or anything, but we can link up to that or, and I can, uh, you know, the URL is coreybradburn.com slash golfwell if, uh, if you want to check it out. But, um, you know, it's just one, once a week where basically I'm talking about anything where different ways that I'm experimenting with, uh, with, different like process and procedures to eat, think and train for a better game and a bigger life. So, um, that's the short version of it, I guess. <laughs> it wasn't too short. Having gotten the first two issues, it's, it, it, it's, it's really simple to digest and it's, it's fascinating because, uh, no matter it, it, the thing about fitness and any fitness tips is if you do it right and if you have the right form and if you consult your doctors on if a fitness regimen is, is, is right for you, whether you play one round of golf or a hundred, the, the fitness stuff will apply to everything else in life. Um, so it's not like this is so golf specific that you know if you don't like golf and you just stick with the fitness that it'll hurt you. It's not going to hurt you. Um, so that's the right. thing that I like about it. Um, there's two interesting uh, launching off points uh, that you've mentioned so far in this. Um, the first is this week's, which, which touches on meditation. Meditation, and I'm not sure if it was the case for you, for me, at first seemed like this really overly intimidating thing, right? And it's, it's yeah. like, oh, I got to do this right. I got to sit, you know, sit in a certain position and, and have a quiet room and I got to do this here and I got to get this app with this music and I got to download the spa channel music and all right. this. And way too many things. Yes, and and what I I realized I, I had a moment about a year and a half ago where I woke up too early one morning. I just sat there. I just kind of slowly, you know, woke myself up and stretched, and I wasn't even focusing on my breath. I just kind of, you know, whatever. And I realized after I had done some subsequent reading on meditation that I was meditating without even realizing it <laughs> while lying flat in bed. Um, which, which goes, yeah, which goes against everything I had a preconceived notion about meditation. Sure. And what's beautiful about what, what, what Corey writes in this week's Golf Well is that, um, this right here, uh, this, uh, your one to two minute meditation thing is literally the simplest thing in the world that you can do in the car, just don't do it while driving. You can do it uh, at your work desk, you, you can do it at home, you can do it on a train while sitting there waiting for Penn Station traffic to clear up. Um, you know, like there's 10,000 different places you can do this. You can even do this on the golf course if you have a weight uh, 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 between tees. Um, yeah. So, like, that I think is what I, I love about this week's and also I think what is so fascinating about meditation is that it's so simple to do and that there's all these preconceived notions that are straight up wrong. Yeah. And, uh, and to your point, like the goal for anything that I, that I want to share is to make it approachable, to make mindfulness approachable, to make golf approachable, to make fitness and, and even certain nutritional aspects approachable and, and simple and, not so intimidating because I, I was intimidated to start meditating too because I thought I had to sit cross-legged and learn how to levitate, right? Which yeah. is like, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but I, I did I did download the Headspace app. I know it's more, that's a very, very common one, but that seemed to work pretty well for me so far um, because 
the guy who who created it and the, and the voice of it um, makes it so simple and approachable and takes that that whole like far out there sort of concept out of out of play so so it's like oh I can just sit down get comfortable take a few deep breaths and if if I get like off you know if I if my mind starts to wander it's not that I'm doing it right or wrong it's that okay well I'll just go back to my to counting my breaths and and you know so so I really like the simplicity of it um, I would definitely recommend checking that out app out and downloading if you're interested in like a very soft introduction to meditation um, but otherwise yeah I mean there's there's no like perfect structure and I think especially um, like us in, in the United States we're so hungry for this like this step-by-step guide and this perfect template and this perfect how-to situation that like a lot of what meditation is is not necessarily a stepwise thing um, yeah which freaks a lot of people out including yours right, truly because there's like okay well there's not not really a lot of structure to it when in reality like it's so simple to just approach it without feeling like you need a plan or a blueprint to do it so um you know if that's just one component of it but I'm, I'm glad you brought that piece up and the thing about this and and i'm so glad you mentioned mindfulness mindfulness i think is has been portrayed as a, a thing right so like you know um i'm trying to think of the right comparison like you know like mindfulness is like this this aspired um state that people need to get to when I th- and, 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 and I think as a byproduct of that, people are like, okay, I have to dedicate all this time or I have to read all these books and, and whatever. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the way that I've interpreted mindfulness and the way that I think you're saying in, in, what, in what you've said is that if you're present and relaxed and not overly... Um, stressed or occupied but you have a clear focus and a clear just you know it's okay i can think clearly and and think straight and and proceed that is technically yet practically also mindfulness am i right yeah i think so i mean it's it's hard though because like everybody's stressed out all the time Right. right like we're always stressed and i think more so than just being that is being aware of when you're not and um the aware there's a self awareness it and once you know, like, you recognize that you're, you're stressed or busy or anxious, that you have something to fall back to to give yourself the space, the mental capacity, like, room to realize and understand that what you're stressed out about might not be something that you need to be stressed out about. It could be. I mean, we all have, we all have things that happen in life. But, you know, another component of mindfulness, you know, related to, to golf for a second, and, and I want to, I will get into this in one of my future newsletters is, you know, everybody talks about visualizing a shot in a pre-shot routine, right? And it's like, okay, well, how do I visualize? Or like, I, I don't even know what that means. And like, you know, we've, we've read in books, like certain pictures or images or, you know, I, Nicholas said he used to see the shot back, or like come from out of the hole back to where the ball actually is, and like the shape of it and everything. Um, you know, but that, that, like, how to visualize is really hard for people, right? But if we have... If we, we practice 
mindfulness or meditation or simple visualization techniques that that come with that breathing technique um, that it just it becomes more second nature because you're practicing it even if you're practicing it off outside of a golf course and you're only doing it for two or three minutes a day you're still implementing that that pattern so when you want to quote visualize a shot on the golf course there, maybe there's a chance you're able to better execute that shot so you know that's kind of where I want to see where the 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 two worlds merge, right? So, like, there is some talk about mindfulness and meditation in the golf industry, but but I don't know. I, I feel like there's not quite as much as there could be, um, and I, I don't know if there's more research that could be done there. I mean, I know there's a lot of, you know, with PN Lin, what they do with Vision 54, I, I think that's, that's they, they put out some, some great, great concepts and philosophies, and that's just one example. Um, but who knows? I mean, could meditation make its way into the competitive golf world who knows but um, i i can you know. i i can say on a practical level um as somebody who played high school and junior golf and was not mentally fit for it and just <laughs> and, and just collapsed under the pressure no you can laugh all you want i was i, I was somebody you know you hear about the guys that are that, that, that are scared to shoot 62 and like or scared to win and like it sounds like the most absurd concept right but like they're afraid to go low i was that person i didn't want i was scared of all the things that would come with success and all the pressure and all the responsibilities that that would come from being a high school starter and thus i didn't perform as well when i had the opportunities um it's almost like i was more comfortable being that fifth you know fourth fifth or, or just off guy versus the one, two, or three guy. I'm not sure if that makes any sense, but no, it it does, and that's that's outside of my ability, right? To, you know, discuss, but <laughs> yes. I mean, you know, who knows? Like, and, and there's so much great golf psychology out there. Obviously. Yeah, you know, you have, I have the big names, and we have all the books, and it's all very applicable. But you know, I just want to see if, like, what if there's a way that we can not only improve our well-being, but also if that improvement in our own personal lives can transcend over to just being more relaxed and enjoying ourselves and possibly shooting better scores on the golf course. Yeah, absolutely. All right, switching gears completely. You were recently <laughs> home. Um, yes. And you went and, uh, and, and engaged in something that uh, I don't think many Americans had heard about until Michael Phelps did it. And when Michael <laughs> Phelps does anything, it becomes major news. Um, hopefully all Americans saw... Um, uh, 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 sorry, saw saw him commit the DUI and said, "I will never do that." On the contrary, and uh, uh, this is turning into a horrible transition. Um, but, <laughs> but on the contrary, they saw him do cupping during the Rio Olympics, and a bunch of people went, "Hmm." So, Corey Bradburn, you did cupping while back home. Uh, tell folks a what it was like, b what the benefits were, and c. Uh, do you regret doing it? Do you look forward to doing it again? Uh, what's your you know, take on this? Um, yeah, so what it, it, it's on my Instagram page if you want to take a look at something that looks kind of repulsive um, <laughs> and gross. It, 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 like, it is something. <laughs> it's, it's weird. It was a very strange sensation. But um, anyway, long story short, uh, Lindsay Backer, who's, she's a TPI certified therapist and trainer in Columbus, and 
and whenever I do go home, I try to make a point to go see her and work with her. Um, she's great to not only to work with, but also pretty funny too. So even though she makes me, puts me in a lot of pain, <laughs> she still makes me laugh too. So. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, I, I just I have a very tight, especially upper back. I mean, with working out and sitting at a laptop at a desk for most of the day, uh, that's a pretty solid recipe for um, you know a lot of muscle tension. And oh yeah, and hitting a bunch of golf balls too. You know, just gonna have some back issues, right? So I went in and asked her, you know, what we could do if there were maybe some exercises she could give me. Um, and I had done dry needling before. Uh, Google dry needling if, if you're interested, but it's basically a a thinner and smaller needle than an acupuncture needle, um, and it just breaks up really tense muscle fascia. Um, and so she she did that, and then we also did uh, hot script therapy, which is essentially like a pretty smooth blade. And then then we did the cupping, which which is the most visually uh, strange looking thing that that we did for sure. And honestly, it didn't really feel like much. I mean, you could feel it. It's like you know, I guess I've never been like i've never had an octopus tentacle like on me but i could imagine like what a suction cup like a super powerful suction cup would be like pulling your skin off of off of your body a little bit but it really wasn't painful at all uh at least when i was still um and then she told me to move around with all these like there were like 10 or 12 suction cups on on my back at once and that was really hard to do because there was so much pressure surface tension on my skin that's even try to move that around. It wasn't as elastic as it normally would be if the, the, the cuffs weren't on there. And, um, so that was like, it was, it felt like I was trying to like stretch my skin out, but I just couldn't. <laughs> it, it, that was kind of weird. It wasn't super painful. It just, I didn't have a very big range of motion. But then when she took them off and had me do a few other exercises with resistance bands and just my body weight, um, we, we tested before and after and the, the range of motion in my right shoulder increased by almost 30 degrees. And that's where I had felt the most tension and pressure and like the knots, like right inside my right shoulder blade on my back. I was just like, I, I can't move this anywhere right now. Like help. Um, and that's mainly why I came in to see her and, and, and it worked. So I, I don't know if, um, you know, cupping alone is like this magical recipe, but it, you know, I mean, there is there is more and more evidence showing that that, along with certain procedures and techniques and and movements, um, that can help muscle recovery speed up, it, and it can also help blood circulation and blood flow to those areas where must like where the the cells need to be either flushed out or need more nutrients delivered to them. Um, so it just it helps in certain ways build. Some, more circulation around that specific muscle tissue where the cup was. So would I do it again? If probably, I mean, I'm not like, you know, I I don't think I'll become a cupping addict anytime soon, but (laughs) it seems, it seems to help me. So I don't know if it's, that's universal. Um, but you know, and I didn't do it just because I saw the fat at the Olympics and, Honestly, when I went to see Lindsay, I thought it was just going to be the dry needling again and maybe some more exercises. But she's like, you know what? We're going to do this too. And I was like, okay, sure. Let's do it. You know, I'm, I'm curious. I'm open to it. And it was an interesting experience to say the least, but, um, mission accomplished for, for me going home and, um, you know, what we were able to do with at least 
my range of motion uh, improvements. Now, so. what's interesting about that, Corey, and uh, uh, we are talking with uh, Corey Bradburn from Golf Digest, who has a, a, a brand new golf newsletter, a golf and fitness newsletter out called called Golf Well. Um, CoreyBradburn.com slash golf well is either that same day or the next day or or maybe both that day and the next day you practice slash played golf and uh, range of motion obviously is, is a is a huge deal in golf but there's also the component of tightness and resistance uh-huh. between shoulder you know rotation and hip rotation and, and wanting uh-huh. to have a tight backswing and 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 a, and a nice load so that you can unwind on the downswing of follow through uh-huh. you increase 30 degrees of motion in your right shoulder did you uh-huh. see any instantaneous changes in your golf swing no i actually i've always had a tendency to over rotate on the way back anyway so i wasn't doing it to try to get mm. more motion like to increase my range of motion for my back swing i was trying to do it because my back was really tight right <laughs> uh and you know, I know what my like. I, I know what my tendencies are in my swing, um, but the goal there was to just help me because, you know, anybody who sits at a desk for the majority of the day or stands at a desk, if they do that, um, you still get that curvature of the spine in the upper back, um, and that the shoulder blades round and, and kind of lean forward when you reach out to type on a laptop, and I spend the majority of my work day on a laptop so i really wanted some ways to counter that that tension that had been created yeah. that. um but no i mean there wasn't really much of a change in terms of of the swing itself i mean i i, I do a lot of um exercises that are both golf specific and non-golf specific to to work on just like you said um, you know, building power, generating power in the backswing and working on the dissociation between the upper and lower body and the downswing and then syncing it up and all the timing and rhythm and balance and speed and power and all that stuff. But, um, yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't really notice too much of a difference. Maybe it made it a little bit easier to, to move around. Obviously when you're less, I mean, the, you know, when you're less tight or stiff or sore, the easier it is to swing more like loosely or freely. But, it's funny what um, my instruct, my swing instructor, not not Lindsay, my swing instructor said that um, a quote that I, I really liked that he said was soft muscles are fast muscles. So you know if you think about your arms as, and your hands as being part like you know this extension of kind of like if you were to like crack a whip down at the ball with with the club, um, you know if it were really stiff and tight, you wouldn't be able to generate a lot of speed or power through the ball. But if it's loose and soft. And, but also strong, really strong at the same time, you can generate a, a ton of force. And that, you know, that's, that's where guys, that's where, you know, the best players in the world and the longest hitters in the world, you know, create that the power through, you know, not necessarily a fast upper body, but, you know, a fast, like fast core and sort and letting the arms be the whip and kind of like receive the energy from, from the rotation of the body. Um, so. Yeah, and and it's fascinating how all these things are interrelated. Um, <laughs> yeah, it all goes together, right? <laughs> somehow, yeah, somehow, uh, 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 somehow this all works itself out in, in the end. Um, let's talk about um, your golf swing for a second, in the sense that sure. you, uh, during your stay, got a lesson from your teacher, and you got it indoors, and and 
you were working on, I guess, some kind of indoor track man sort of deal. As somebody who's been playing the game a long time, do you prefer indoor lessons where, you know, you're up against a simulator or do you prefer live ball lessons where you can see the actual flight all the way? Because obviously there's some open air ranges where you get the benefit of track man and all that stuff. Uh, uh, plus the flight, but in, 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 in terms of solely indoor versus solely outdoor, uh, you know, what's your, um, uh, preference on this? Well, I, I think it's best to always simulate, you know, playing as, as close as possible. So I, I would, I'm personally an advocate for hitting off a of real grass and seeing the ball actually fly. Uh, unfortunately, the, the place where my instructor teaches is the, the driving range was closed that day, so I had to. So we had to resort to to the to the lab, as we you know we call it. But um, you know, and, and it's very there was track man there was uh, body track, so we were getting all the numbers and and the data and all that stuff, which is good. Um, you know, I think there, there's a time and place for that, and it's certainly better than than not hitting a golf ball at all. And the simulators are fairly accurate nowadays, anyway, so. Um, you know, it's a good, it's a good alternative for sure. And I think there is a time and place where if you're, if you're really trying to, you know, work on a mechanical or a technical component to your swing, that it might be okay to dissociate and separate from, you know, a real life situation out on grass and outdoors. So that way mentally or psychologically, you can kind of leave it inside. And when you go out to play, you can kind of let go of the, the, the thought process and, and just play. So I think I think either way is fine, but uh, personally, I'm I'm a a fan of any time I can hit off a real grass, I'd rather do that. But uh, a couple more here with uh, 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 sorry, Corey Bradburn from Golf Digest. Um, it's it, it it it's interesting having been a Golf Digest subscriber since '97 and and having browsed all kinds of golf magazines for for all my years of, of playing the sport and following the sport. You know, every um, issue has had to fix a slice and, and had to get out of bunkers and had to not three-putt. Um, and, and, and intermixed in that, there is the unique stuff that, that um, kind of percolates, that, 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 that separates issues, separates magazines from each other, some are obviously more business focused. Some are more uh, profile focused. Some are more um, focused on, you know, fun stuff. Um, as the social media guy, and, and you look at the data, I'm curious: what of the non-instruction pieces? What tends to be, and this is stuff from the magazine, not .com stuff. What tends to be the best players on social media? I think it, it depends on the platform, mm. um, you know, because I think there there's a, a different different groups within the world of golf spend their time in in different areas. So the, Twitter, I've noticed um, specifically. I know you said besides instruction, but, right? But instruction does best for us on Twitter. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. You think um, those are people on the course trying to get a quick tip or something? <laughs> no, I think it's just where people who, if you if you follow Golf Digest um, on Twitter, you're looking for the the service. Uh, you know, yeah, the, that's fair. The, 
yeah. what to play, where to play, the course ratings, the equipment, the instruction. Right. If you're following us on, on Instagram or Facebook, uh, I think you're looking for a little bit more than that. Um, I've noticed what's what's done really well is our, our, under, our undercover tour pro uh, seg- section, the, the one that we do every month with that. Those do very well um, on Facebook and Twitter, but Facebook, they get a lot of play. Um, and then, you know, just some of the video content that we create uh, that that's around, you know, what what is in the magazine. Um, so, let's see, we did one with on a, a boy who found found souls with his dad. Um, he had, he has autism, right? And uh, the only thing that could really relieve him of, um, you know, this, his day-to-day stresses was going out on the golf course with his dad. So, um, uh, you know, just things like that, like things that, that, that touch, you know, certain emotions, I think are, you know, it's a, it's a catch-all answer. But, um, you know, I would say those are, those are the top performers, the ones that give you a, a glimpse into a tour for his life. Um, you know, outside of just, you know, how they hit, you know, the four keys to hitting, hitting the ball higher and farther or whatever. Right. So it's, uh, it's, it's, it's fascinating how things do, um, across different platforms and, and how this stuff kind of, um, works itself out and, and how different parts of your brain get exposed on different places. Uh, final thing. Sure. Cavs in, Six. Uh, six. You're gonna need some help. I, you may need another Draymond Green suspension. Um, I don't see how LeBron's gonna have to do you know insane stuff four times, right? And he's got to do it four times and still win those games. That's the bare minimum. I don't know if you have enough. To do that four times, I think you'll get some games, but I don't know if you have enough to, to get to the top four times we'll before Golden State does. We'll see. We <laughs> shall. We shall. We'll Corey Bradburn's. I mean, look, look, you guys, a twelve and zero and a twelve and one team. You know, they combined twenty four and one going into the finals. That is. Absurd, it's insane. Right? So, and so, and, and uh, the way you took off the last month of the regular season and have been just your normal selves in the playoffs is just mind-boggling. Yeah, well, we'll see. I mean, it'll be really exciting, and I think it's it's the matchup everybody, every you know, everybody wanted, yeah. and we're going to get it, and these teams don't like each other, and it's going to be awesome. <laughs> so, Cavs and six, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Corey Bradburn, social media guy from Golf Digest. Thanks so much for coming on Teeing It Up. Always a pleasure, Jeremy. Good to talk to you. You got it.